Julie, it's funny. I had a conversation with my daughter uh, yesterday. She's in the process of, you know, she's new in her career. She's thinking, of, well, not thinking about, she's planning a move uh, halfway across the country. And yesterday she was just so upset that she started to shut down because she felt overwhelmed. And I don't know about you, but there are times that happens to me. And when it happens to me, I feel like I got to step back and kind of break things down into their most foundational items, right? I need to take it step by step. I need to break things into like smaller goals and think about how I'm going to accomplish things. You ever, uh, you ever deal with that same kind of feeling? Oh, I, I certainly have, John. And, and I think you're absolutely right. Finding the breakdown of some of those smaller details, one step at a time, rather than creating a list of 50 steps, what's the one next step that I need to do? And it's interesting when I, when I speak with financial professionals, oftentimes they're debating whether they should hire a coach or a consultant or, or find a formal accountability partner for themselves and their practice. And but oftentimes they'll say, Julie, I'm just, I'm too overwhelmed right now. I'm too busy. I'll do that later. And I would always argue that that, that moment when you feel as, as overwhelmed as you've ever been is exactly the moment that you need to engage that accountability partner, coach, consultant to help you break your next step down and make sure that you continue to move forward. Wholeheartedly agree. And I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of, uh, David Allen's getting things done, right? Thinking about the very next step. But what I love about all the kind of all the thought leaders around productivity and, and things like that is that you usually don't implement their whole system. You just grab an idea here or an idea there that makes you better, right? It, it helps you personalize your own system so that you get something that works for you. But that idea of what is the very next step, right? What is the next thing I'm going to do, I think is a really important one. Uh, when we feel like things are getting over our heads a little bit. Absolutely. And I think oftentimes we think that we have to wipe the slates clean and start fresh in every aspect. And that obviously is a very overwhelming thought, especially when you've never been busier. And I think just reminding that it is those minor adjustments that any of us can make in our professional life or our personal life or both that if implemented and executed consistently can truly have a, a significant impact in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. So Julie, recently we had a conversation with uh, one of our colleagues, Dave Ingram. Uh, Dave is one of these guys that thinks really hard about his business and about the business of the financial professionals he does business with. And Dave has these shortcuts, right? Shortcuts, they're, they're kind of, they make us more efficient. They're small things that you can implement. Uh, to make things better in your business and really better in your life. So I think we should let our listeners in on, on some of those conversations we had. Absolutely. Let's go chat with Dave. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Julie. We're the hosts of the Hartford Fund's Human-Centric Investing Podcast. Every other week, we're talking with inspiring thought leaders to hear their best ideas for how you can transform your relationships with your clients. Let's go. Today, we are fortunate to be joined by David Ingram, who's Regional Vice President and Advisor Consultant for Hartford Funds. He's responsible for marketing Hartford Funds and the Hartford Smart 529 in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Delaware. David supports financial advisors and their clients with educational material, client seminars, product expertise, and practice management strategies. In 2005, David joined the organization as a Regional Marketing Director 
He's a registered representative of Hartford Funds Distributors, is FINRA Series 6, 7, and 63 registered, and holds his life and variable licenses. Originally from New Jersey, David attended Lemoyne College, where he received a bachelor's degree in marketing. He later attended Rutgers University, where he received a master's degree in business administration. David currently lives in New Jersey with his wife, Elizabeth, and their son, Lincoln, and twins, Maxwell and Jackson. Dave, thank you so much for being here with us today on our human-centric investing podcast. We're excited to talk to you about some of the strategic shortcuts that you've developed in conjunction with financial professionals to help them continue to grow their business. So again, welcome and thank you for being here. Hey, Julie, my absolute pleasure. Thank you for the introduction and very much looking forward to sharing some thoughts and ideas with everyone out there today. Excellent. Well, let's get into it. Dave, obviously, we've all been through an interesting couple of years with our world changing so rapidly. And as we look forward into the next year, I think we would all argue that there will continue to be some changes and and adjustments to process. I'm really excited to hear about some of the strategies and and shortcuts for success, as you like to call them, um, that you've worked on with financial professionals. And uh, where would you like to start today? Yeah, well, let me start just by clarifying this idea of of shortcuts to success, because I want to make it clear, and I think many in our audience fully understand, there's no substitute for hard work. So if I can caveat all of this, hard work is a prerequisite for success. But I would argue that there are shortcuts. There are shortcuts along this journey to success that can make the process easier, better, and and more exciting. And so that's really what I wanna build off and share some of these shortcuts today with our audience. So Dave, when we talk about shortcuts or when you talk about shortcuts, I think really what you're getting at is ideas that advisors can use, financial professionals can use to leverage their time. Because let's face it, as our practices grow, I think we all realize that we can't just do the same things that got us here because as we continue to grow, gather more assets, we just don't have enough time. Is that really what kind of started you down this track in terms of working and observing and reading and kind of gathering those best ideas from the advisors you work with? Absolutely, because I was running into these same challenges in my own business. And I think almost for anybody that enters this industry, we all enter in and it's pretty simple, by no means easy, but it's simple. We all enter in and to some degree, we're trying to meet people, convert prospects to clients and gather assets. Simple, but not easy. And then what happens for many of us over time, as our clients grow and our assets grow, and for some of us, our teams grow and overall business grows, so too grows the complexities of running what was at one time a simple business. And so what I've found is that for many financial advisors, they don't need a whole bunch of new ideas thrown at them. It's more of a streamlining and simplifying of their business. And so that's what I've continuously worked and focused on is how I can help them simplify their strategy to magnify the results. And and that's where I came across these, these shortcuts. And if I give you an analogy, what I mean, shortcuts to success, I I think back when I was in high school, I I played this game, Nintendo, and most people familiar with Nintendo, but there was this particular game called Contra. 
And contra the, the concept of the game, you were this elite commando that was set out to fight these enemies. And you began this game with three lives. Now, this game was very difficult, very challenging, and I just don't know of anybody that got from start to finish with the three lives you were allotted. However, if before the game began, you typed this cheat code into your game console, and this cheat co code is etched in my memory even to today, decades later, if you typed in up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, select, start, you were granted 99 lives. And by the way, that cheat code for those people out there that it, it drew a smile to their face, it's because you too were playing Nintendo and Contra in the late 80s, early 90s. But the point was, if you typed in this cheat code, this shortcut, you still had to show up. You still had to play the game, go through the paces and see it from front to finish. However, you had such a an inherently easier time in winning. You entered the game with such an elevated level of confidence. You knew, I'm going to get through this. There may be challenges. It may not always be easy, but I'm going to see this through to the end. And it's no different when it comes to this journey to success. When you incorporate, not necessarily cheat codes, let's call them shortcuts. When you incorporate these shortcuts, you play the game with more enthusiasm. Progress delivers more passion and energy, and it makes this path easier and better to obtain success. I love that analogy, Dave. Although I didn't play that game, I can just envision, um, and I'm trying to memorize that cheat code just in case I ever come across that game in the future. But, you know, as I sit here and think about simplifying. And um, there are a million different things that are flying through my mind that I myself could even adjust in a very minor way um, to ultimately, if, if implemented and executed, could have a positive result. In the spirit of trying to simplify our list, do you have any themes or buckets that we could put any of these shortcuts into as we think about what might uh, work for our own day in terms of uh, you know, shortcutting and making sure that we're as productive as possible? Absolutely, Julie. Let's think about this overarching theme. Let's talk about this on the macro. What we're going to be getting into and discussing here is ultimately the, the greatest shortcut to success is optimizing your environments to obtain better results. And we can talk about different environments, but what we're going to be talking about, I think, is so often overlooked, misunderstood, underutilized. And if we can bring this to the forefront, we can help people create environments that are more conducive to their success. And again, we'll make that path to success easier and better. And, and you know, let me just start with this environment that everybody should be focusing on if they're not already. It's your physical environment. You know, I've heard this, and I think many people would attest to this. We're in an age where we are all living, working, and operating in what I've heard referred to as the distraction economy. We are in the distraction economy, and I think this pandemic that we've all been mired in has just further magnified the distractions in our personal and business lives. So if you are just operating passively in an environment around you, you may not even realize how much dragon resistance is being created, not necessarily by you, 
but for you because of this environment chock full of distractions and interruptions which leads to starting and stopping and second guessing and changes in directions so there are ideas you can do much like typing in that cheat code into the game console before the game begins there are things you can do in your physical environment that will lead to more focus more flow more productivity which will allow you to become more successful in a shorter period of time. So Dave, let's talk about that physical environment. I mean, I remember when the pandemic started, right? I had a corner of the living room. My daughter had the other part of the dining room. The two dogs had the run of the house. The landscaper oftentimes would come at the most inopportune times. So I think if anything, it accentuated the need for physical space. But can you give us a, a couple of your top ideas towards maximizing that physical environment. What are you talking about there? Yeah, so here's a top idea. Let's begin with technology, right? And if we think back to when technology decades ago was introduced into many of our lives, the concept behind technology was supposed to be a good thing. You know, we've got technology, we have computers, and it's gonna allow us to become more productive, more efficient, and ultimately put more time back into our personal lives, right? We're gonna get finished our work thanks to technology in quicker periods of time. But it's almost done the opposite. Technology, we, don't, we no longer just leave work in the office, right? Like these devices become vices. It's, it's the iPhone, the iPad, the laptop, the computers, like, we know we need to unplug to truly recharge, but because technology is so readily available, it becomes that much more difficult to do just that. You know, so we have to think about creating an environment, not where we're trying to rely on willpower and discipline to get us through and allow us to focus, but rather we mute all the sirens that are around us. You know, the incessant distractions from the pings of the text messages, the dings of your emails hitting your inbox, the rings of the inbound unscheduled phone calls. You know, if we're not careful, we can spend an entire day being busy, answering to the allure of these sirens, but not necessarily being productive, not really moving the needle in terms of our business. Makes so much sense, Dave. As we've sat here, I've had six of those on various devices pop up just as you were describing that. And, and typically, my eye would wander and I would, you know, think, well, I better open that email. I haven't heard from that person in a while or, oh, that feels urgent. Um, but if I'm in the middle of a project, all of a sudden my attention is completely taken away and then it might even uh, get worse from there. So do you suggest that we turn off those notifications or for a period of time per day or what, what kind of structure can you provide in terms of a best practice that might help all of us keep that focus and really implement that? a shortcut for success. Yeah, Julie, something you said that was interesting, and it's a heck of a segue, you know, if you're in the middle of a project, that's absolutely when you should be silencing these sirens, when you're entering in to some of these more cognitively demanding activities that truly are the needle movers. These are the high value activities, these projects you refer to. Yes, you want to create an environment that is conducive to that focus that is necessary. You know, I had an entrepreneur once tell me, if you're checking email at random times of the day, 
it's a not so subtle reminder that you didn't know what to do next. So you went into default mode. So you think about this. Although we're talking in themes and, and, and on the macro, I want to make sure we give actionable ideas that can immediately be implemented by our audience here today. Let me give you one such example. We all have that email pop-up notification on our computer. I would strongly encourage you, if you have not done so already, disable that email pop-up notification. We really don't need a notification popping up incessantly throughout our day, reminding us of something that we already know. We've got mail, right? Here's the only email pop-up notification you need the rest of your life. You've got mail. As you're listening to this podcast, there's emails coming in. Next week, you will have emails. Next month, you'll have emails. So you don't need this distraction popping up. And again, it seems so innocent. Well, let me just take a quick glance at it. But, you know, every so often, it's a name that catches us. It's a topic that, and before you know it, you're, you're sucked into that vortex. You're drawn into that, that black hole. And you know, research supports this. Research shows that it can take 25 minutes or more to get refocused on that with which you were working on prior to said distraction. So we only need a couple of these pop-ups to rear their ugly head, get us thrown off course. And before you know it, our entire morning or afternoon was just taken away from us. Dave, before we depart the physical environment, because I have a couple of questions on some other things that we, you and I have talked about, um, any other tips for that physical environment aside from technology? Yeah, and... and let me actually take a step back because we're talking about ideas, but let me reinforce the importance on why we need to take action. Why, you know, th there was a gentleman, Dr. Marshall Goldsmith. He said, if we don't create and control our environment, our environment creates and controls us. And I think that's what technology does. It can control us if we allow it. But let me reinforce why this is so important to take the time to control your physical environment and making sure you're working in an optimal environment, there was a study done by McKenzie and company, and they were focusing on top executives. This was a 10-year study, and they were examining their flow and productivity. And what they found with these execs is when they were operating in a flow state, they had up to 500% more productivity in a flow state than in normal circumstances where they're being interrupted and there's distractions. So imagine getting the equivalent of 10 hours of work done in two. That's what flow can do for people. So this is a shortcut. If you create and control your physical environment in a manner that's conducive to your success, it can have a huge impact on your effectiveness and productivity. And if you don't do this, this is what it feels like for me to operate in one of those environments. Imagine running a marathon where your shoelaces came undone every 10 to 15 minutes, right? Like you could still finish that race, but understandably, it's going to take longer, more frustrating, not only physical energy, it's just going to suck you, drive your mental energy. And it's no different than this marathon of business. You know, if we're not silencing these sirens, if we're not controlling our environment, if we're not making sure technology is being used for us rather than against us, 
it's like your shoelaces are coming done and done done every 10 to 15 minutes throughout your workday. That makes so much sense, Dave. And I have so many ideas for myself already that I, that I need to uh, uh, work on after we, uh, after we chat here today. I'm curious, you know, we talked about the physical environment. I know in past conversations you and I have had, you've talked about the social environment and the importance of that on our success, ultimately in the long run. What would be some guidance or some, some points or best practices on that social environment that you would be willing to share with us today? Glad you said this, Julie, because this is another shortcut. You know, we get that physical environment in check that can have a great impact. But another environment we really want to examine and focus on is our social environment. This too is a shortcut on this path to success. And there's an old saying, and many people are familiar with this, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So look around you and see who makes up your social circle. I view my social circle as a thermostat. Right. So let's say I'm playing this game of business and life at 80 degrees. But the people I surround myself with are operating at 90, 95, 100 degrees or above. They can't help but bring me up. So you want to make sure that you're surrounding yourself with people that are playing this game of business and life at a higher level. And now I know this pandemic has made it challenging to build off of what I'll call, you know, not what I call, but what is the proximity principle? The proximity principle is the closest you are to someone, the greater impact you can have on you. Well, the pandemic for some of us has inhibited our ability to physically be in people's presence. The next best thing I found, if you can't be in someone's physical presence, read the books they've written, listen to the podcast they've been interviewed on, watch the YouTube videos, they've produced. Because what happens if you have full immersion, you become conversationally proficient in the language of success. And when you surround yourself with these types of individuals, it's not long before you change your mindset, you change your thoughts, you change your behaviors, you change your actions, and then it won't be long thereafter before you see a change in your results as well. So, Julie, I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up because your social environment, that too, is another shortcut, a strategy that can allow people to scale. So, Dave, one thing I just want to clarify for everyone, when, when you talk about social environment, you're not just talking about the, the live people who you interact with day to day. You're also talking about content providers, authors, podcasters. Uh, YouTubers, whoever it may be, thought leaders that kind of change the way you think and maybe give you new habits to think about. Um, I, I'm sensing that it's a mix of both, both the people you surround yourself with, but also kind of those thought leaders and the people that make you think about your business. Is that right? Absolutely. I, I go back to that cheat code when I was a kid typing into my game controller, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, select, start. Here's a cheat code. I, I shared this with my nephew. He's in his young 20s. And he and I have great dialogue, great conversations. And I told him, I said, listen, if you read 50 books, 50 books in the genre of personal and or business development, you will be wildly successful. And the reason is because, again, he will be conversationally proficient in the language of success. 
And much to this kid's credit, he is doing just that. And the strides I've watched him make in such a short period of time, he's in his young 20s today. If there was an NFT of this kid, I'd be the first one in line to buy it because I'm betting on him. Because he's applying the shortcut to success. And I'm marveling and getting to watch my young nephew make unbelievable leaps into this, this pursuit of success on his own personal journey. And it would be no different for anyone else out there in our audience today. You know, Dave, I was laughing earlier because when you said about that cheat code, up, up, down, down, whatever it was, I, you were laughing because you said, you know, many played those games. I was laughing because you just blew my mind. But the nice thing about the these shortcuts that you're talking about is it, it doesn't require us to rethink our whole system. These are simple things which oftentimes we take for granted. But if we just put some intentional thought to them, maybe we'd find something that just shifting something a little bit to make a big difference in our business. John, absolutely. These are simple things. The maddening irony is simple is complex, right? Mark Twain said it best when he said, I wanted to write a short story, but then I have time. So I wrote a long one instead. These are simple concepts, but it's the start that stops most people. Like for the audience that is out there today, I implore you, if any of this resonated with you, take a first step. Take one simple step. It's the start that stops most people. It's the consistency that separates the best from the rest. So, you know, we know complexity is the enemy of execution. Therefore, let's keep it simple. By keeping it simple, as you were talking about, John, keeping it simple will increase the likelihood that we actually get started. And by making sure it stays simple, it'll increase the likelihood we stick to it over time. Excellent guidance, Dave. Thank you so much for being here with us today and, and sharing some of those simple shortcuts. And, and I think you're absolutely right. Uh, when do you want to get better? If it's right now, then start immediately. Don't wait till the beginning of next week, next month, next quarter. Uh, we can all get better right now. Thank you again for being with us today on our Human Centric Investing Podcast. Thanks so much. My pleasure, Julie and John. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to the Hartford Funds Human Centric Investing Podcast. If you'd like to tune in for more episodes, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, or YouTube. And if you'd like to be a guest and share your best ideas for transforming client relationships, email us at guestbooking at hartfordfunds.com. We'd love to hear from you. Talk to you soon.